I'm here <clears throat> with as as important of a figure in dance music. We could say house music, but it's really it's dance music. It's just music in general. Marshall Jefferson, he is the authority. The like when you first think of house music, you know it's his it's his song that that got us there. So um, we were talking about he's in Manchester, England right now, and he was about to tell me yes. about Hacienda, and I interrupted because I was like, "Yo, let's get this in the episode." So Marshall, thank you so much for joining me, and uh, it's great to see you on Thanks, on Zoom. And uh, all right, cool. Yeah, it's, it's, tell me what you were telling me before. <laughs> no, I was uh, here. I, I, I DJed uh, March the seventh in Manchester for Hacienda. Cool. Great gig, yeah. Probably like four or five thousand people. Whoa! And uh, what a good way Graham to like Park end was it, there. You know? uh, yeah, the best way. Carrie yeah. Chandler played right after me. Cool. Uh, Grand Park played right before me. Amazing. Hugs all around and stuff. Yeah. You know, we're all brothers. And uh, I'm I'm due to go back the following week, and the flight gets canceled. Damn. Luckily, uh, because I moved both of my stuff to uh, New Jersey in the USA, I planned on moving back to the States, but I said, well, I keep the apartment for a few months and see what, see what happens. Cool. So uh, sure enough, I come back and I play. I got, the, I got the flat here and they canceled my flight. And uh, I'm I'm basically stuck here until you know further notice. And luckily, I I have the place, so boom, wow. here I am. That's cool. It's good you got a good spot, and yeah. you got you got people there. You've been uh, yeah, you've yeah, been going yeah. there for Lose. forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, loads of friends here. It's funny. I was just. Um, I was chatting with a few people just now and uh, you know, I think we, we've talked about this in the past, but I don't know if you remember that Michael Weiss, Mike nervous is my uncle. And Michael Weiss. And I, I just found out today, you know, Alex Harrell too. Oh yeah. I was talking to Alex earlier. Yeah. I have like, I have like a slew of people that I was just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alex is the homie for a long time. Um, oh, and we man, have tons of guy. you and me have tons of connections. I was talking to Patrick Moxie and David Waxman. I think that's how we originally connected. And um, oh, was Ultra it? Records? Yeah, yeah. I think they uh-huh. were the. I think Patrick put us on email. You know, James obviously like has has kept us in touch through his his you know his work and his music. He's done an amazing yeah. job with uh, over with defected and i mean he's got a few pseudonyms but james spending stern i'm referring to but yeah i think it was patrick who i was in a meeting with him and he was like i was just talking about i put out the duke Dumont <clears throat> record and i was talking about like how you know edm is cool and all but like i care about house music and like my position here is that like i'm the one who has access to like the marketing shit like the platforms and whatever but like i want to use proper i want to get a proper house music out there and they were like you got to talk to marshall and uh and that's how we originally oh. maybe you know seven years ago or something oh. like <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it man uh you know i i just hope i i live up to the hype 
I'm working on a, a, a lot of stuff now and uh, the first order of business is not worry so much about genres and styles. Love just that. really get a great song happening and everything else will follow. That's something that I've always looked up to you for and pointed to you for something that I talk a lot about is just like, you know, DJ music where DJs are producing tracks just for clubs and they're just kind of like, it's, it's very minimal, you know, not minimal genre, but minimal, just like creativity kind of like, it's just beats, you know? And you have always, you've said from the beginning that you were kind of the one that took it. Like you were in the club, but you, you had the foresight, you had the ear to bring the musicality and you know, your keys, like those are Elton John keys. Those are not just from the club. And, and you took it to another level. You made, you made how anyone could listen to. Well, there, there are other people that are writing, writing great songs and, and great musicians. You know, I, uh, I just did what I could do with like my limited mu musical knowledge, but, uh, uh, luckily people were willing to buy my music and, uh, you know, I, a lot, even though, you know, I was able to play all the instruments myself usually. So now years later, when when I make music again, somebody said, hey, can you do something, uh, some house music? I'm able to play everything mm -hmm. just like I did 30 years ago because I was the one playing it. Mm -hmm. I didn't, 30 years ago, I didn't hire keyboard players. I didn't, you know, I do, do this. And a lot of us from Chicago did the same thing. You know, I, I mean, um my technique was i would i would play things at a slower speed like back then i would play things at 40 beats per minute and i would speed it up to 120 and when it got to 120 it sounded sensational you oh, know it sounded man. like i could you know and all my friends saw it and they said well you know i guess i'm a kind of a non-threatening guy they say hey I'm smarter. I'm smarter than Marshall. I can do it too, you know. <laughs> so, so a lot of us from Chicago, we couldn't afford keyboard players. You know, we had to play a, uh, we had to play a lot of our stuff. Uh, you know, so it worked out. Yeah, like Jesse Saunders with on and on. That was like one of those, like that rhythm. I think like your keys and his his loops were you know something that i think of as like the genesis of you know that was really the bedrock and you guys did that yourselves yeah we're we're arguing about that now me and some of the other house music godfathers oh, yeah? and stuff <laughs> yeah 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 i i it's my contention that without jesse saunders on and on there would be no house music Not yeah, who's arguing about that Who who's on the other side <laughs> of the argument gonna... <laughs> what's the other argument it's, no, they all have ex they all have excellent credentials, believe uh -huh. me. They're they're the, the the best of the best, you know. And all of them made important contributions. Yeah. But uh you know, the what <laughs> the house music as we know it wouldn't wouldn't exist without Jesse Saunders on and on. And the reason for that is uh he was a known DJ. That was one thing. Mm -hmm. Another thing was it was simple. It was, you know, everybody listened to it and said, I can do that, right? So that that got the whole city going, man. I'm I'm not I'm not joking. Now, some of the other guys, uh, 
contend that they were making music uh, before Jesse. And they uh, do have good, strong cases, but if that, their records would have came out, it wouldn't have had the same effect, for one. Because he was playing them out. They, well, no, they were playing them out, too. For one, the stuff they did was too good. Huh. It didn't, you know, it didn't give you the feel that I that could you do could that do it, too. too. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it, it would have come out as too good. Another thing, it wasn't really fashionable for DJs to put out records under their names. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have somebody singing on a record, uh, you're not going to call it Jesse Saunders. You're going to call it whoever the, singer. whoever the singer is, right? <clears throat> and that's the way things were going. You know, and, and, and as far as the case goes for... I was uh, I was playing tapes in clubs and I was doing beats. Well, for example, Bruce Forrest in New York was doing that too. Bruce Forrest was using samplers and everything. You know, he really took the game up. But Bruce Forrest was so talented at it uh, that nobody was singular. thought really. Yeah. He, he, he had his own thing, you know? It, it's like uh, Bruce Forrest did remixes, but he didn't inspire DJs to make records under their names because Bruce never put out a song under his name with Bruce Forrest as the artist. Right. Right? You just saw Bruce Forrest remixes. Now he was, now he was like one of the greatest remixes ever, but that didn't inspire the movement. Jesse Saunders on and on inspired the movement. Uh, it's a great perspective. It kickstarted the, it kickstarted the whole thing. And, uh, you know, some of us want to believe that we were responsible, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and after a, a number of years, you start to believe it yourself, you know? So I think there's a little self-hypnosis going on. But there, you know, it's a lot of talented people in the scene. I try to be objective, and uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I, you know, I end of the day, today, like you know, you you at least have one that is universally recognized. You know, at house music anthem, like that. You know, move your body. I, I think that's the first. Well, whether it was first or what, whether it was, uh, you know, wherever it was on the timeline doesn't really matter. But today, I think if if someone wants to just like, what's the house? You know, it is the house music. It's the universally recognized house music anthem, and you know, tracks records. Therefore, well, like, kind of. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I'm proud of whatever anybody wants to think about it. Honestly, you know, I'm if you know. If it inspires somebody to do something, I'm perfectly happy with that. I don't have to tell, I, I don't feel the need to tell everybody, hey, I started house music. You know, I, you know. I don't think it matters. I, yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter to yeah. me. On and On is a great but, record. Uh, you know, Acid Tracks is a great record. Like, Move Your Body is a great record. Uh, I produced you know. Acid Tracks. I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, that's why I mentioned it on purpose. Yeah, like, like thank, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> no, that why I, I I know that's you. Um, and then you know, like, it doesn't really like. 
I don't think the timeline matters, but on and on, I'm happy that on and on has uh, recognition. I was, I was, I was lucky. I had Jesse come and play a party at Coachella for me a few years ago. Uh, it was crazy. I got to, I got to hang out with him the whole time because I had only met him that one time, but I was doing a stage there <laughs> and we had all these uh, like side parties and I was just like, I got, you know, to book whoever the fuck I wanted. And um, I booked Jesse to come play at like our pool party. And I ended up just like kind of standing next to him the whole time. Just like, and we were just chatting. It was great. It was so cool to hang out with him. Um, and well, Jesse gets a bad rap, man. You know how it is in the music business, man. People get really jealous, you know, <laughs> but Jesse, Jesse's a, uh, Jesse's a cool guy. Vince Lawrence who helped him with on and on it. And, and, uh, and that's another guy. It's a lot of pioneers, man. You know? Oh yeah. It uh, doesn't, doesn't happen. You know, fast, there has to be, it's a community, fast, you know? Yeah. Fast Eddie and Tyree with the hip house thing, man. Cool rock yeah. steady rest in, rest in peace. Yeah. And, and Daryl Pandy, you know what? I mean, with that eight octave voice, man, it's, it's a lot of great people. Byron Stingley, man. With I'm going to have Byron know. on. I'm going to do an episode with him. You know, that's Mike's guy. Man, Love Byron. Byron. Those Byron records, Byron's which, records are still fresh today. Like, if you told me they were a new release, you know, want some of those records, they're still, they, those are anthems. He took your sound and took it to the, to the heavens. He's so, such a beautiful singer, you know. That, yeah, the, really, uh, you know, Re really, the, those vocals were incredible. And uh, what amazed me was uh, his falsetto wasn't false. No. It was full <laughs> diaphragm, you know. I mean, it was so powerful, you know. It, you know, it, he, he would literally break glass, you know. It was, it was, yeah, but it was from the diaphragm. It wasn't like, it was, ah, you know, so yeah. <laughs> it was very very powerful man it's really amazing to see that was and uh, i remember one time frankie knuckles uh, i was about to say we, we we haven't said fk always yet you know <laughs> yeah frankie knuckles was in the studio uh for a remix of this song called i can't stay away uh-huh and frank is he he was usually a very reserved guy but when he when Byron started singing that song and he he hit the ad libs and then he, he he started going higher and higher. That was the only time I'd seen Frankie kind of lose it a little bit. You know, he uh, was like hands in the air. You know, <laughs> because Frank is normally a yeah. very he was normally a very very calm guy. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, something that I that I think about sometimes and and to you, I don't even know if you like would would care about this the way that I do, but when I've had the pleasure of, of seeing, you know, people like, like Jesse, Derek Carter, Frank, you know, I got to, before, before he passed, I got to spend some time with Frankie and, and we did, we did a, a, a track together and, um, you know, for, right. for the label um, and not, not producing, just, uh, you know, I put it out. Um, but uh, the energy is completely different with, these kinds of DJs than DJs today. The DJs today who are like putting on this physical show where they're doing all these things, um, you know, they're they're gra grabbing all this attention and they want to be looked at by the crowd and they do things with the, you know, they, they, they move the knobs like as, as this gestural thing, as if like it's important, <laughs> you know? And uh, 
Well, it is important. Oh, no, no, no. But they do it more. Of course, it's, uh, you know, if you're like Louis Vega going on an analog is like incredible to watch. But a lot of, I'm just talking about like the young folk who are like, you know, they're, <clears throat> they're putting on a physical show. I'll never forget. I was at Smart Bar one night and um, I think I played a really early set, something like that. I think Kyle was opening his residency for, for Derek Carter. And um, I remember the first, it was the first time I met Derek and uh, I'm just like, you know, I'm saying what's up and like, I'm standing there like reserved, you know, like staying quiet. I'm in Derek's booth. Well, Derek you know? is incredible. If you, Derek is incredible. If you've never seen him spin before, you it know, he's first like, time, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he used himself to me. Like he saw me standing there, you know, and he knew I was like, you know, working and whatever. And he was just like being cool. And he, I, I just like didn't want to bother him because he was spinning, you know, and I was like ready to wait all day. And he's just like, he has his records right behind him. And he just like, he, he starts talking to me and introduces himself and say, what says, what's up? And like, doesn't miss a beat, pulls a record out, like while talking to me, lays it on puts the like looks at it for i mean i'm talking a second just knows exactly where the one is puts the needle on does like one touch <laughs> and he's in and he's in the mix and i was just i i was he like pros, what pros, the man. fuck like <sighs> it's it's autopilot for him you know i mean he when he he uh got to uh europe man he i mean he like built his rep uh, mainly on the strength of his DJ, He's you know. I mean, not a, yeah, not not on his not on his records. It was his DJ, uh -huh. man, and you know he he was that good. Yeah, I just I had that was the first time. So I you know <clears throat> I talk about this like he's just such a like there's no wasted movement, you know. Like he just knows exactly what he has. He's so efficient and he knows exactly where to bring the record, and, and so he can just like he's like he's in his house he's like hanging out and he's talking to me while he's doing a perfect mix on vinyl yeah you know and i was just like like if i were doing that i'd be like you know i'd be spending like three minutes finding the one making sure i got the pitch right and like i just you know i'm not i don't have that skill level like and it was it was wild and you know i just uh, man did it uh oh oh phone <laughs> um no I, yeah, so it's it's a contrast uh, to guys from today you know it just says like i think that um there's something that i really <clears throat> believe in and respect and and follow practically of of the methods that like that you make things where you're doing it for you're rinsing it through a community and an audience through through a there's a scene that like you're making it for specific people and you have feedback going back and forth and you do versus this just more disconnected process that we kind of have today where people are just kind of imagining things and then releasing it to people that they're not exactly connected to. You guys did everything where you were so, so, so connected. That's why like when we talk about like who did this at what time, it doesn't really matter. It was just this soup that was being mixed constantly and everything yeah. was going back and forth. And it was so with like hip house, like you mentioned, you know, that could have been Terry or, or, you know, could have been 
Juan Atkins or so, it, it doesn't really matter. It's just like when someone started their thing, they think about it and they're like, what does the scene need? Oh, let me try that yeah. out. You know, what hasn't been done yet? Let me try that out. And then you get feedback and then that becomes the thing that influences, you know? Well, I saw, I saw uh, Derek May uh -huh. like pull techno, you know, just out, out of his, out of talking about it. Everywhere he went, <laughs> techno, 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 right? And he literally just made up the term. Yeah. I mean, you know, there were no records that say techno, 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 right? right. I mean, in house, we have, you know, got to have house music, you know, and yeah. it's house, and it's house, and time to jack, right? But techno had nothing like that, right? Except for Derek May. Yeah. Derek May was like foghorn leghorn, man. Everywhere <laughs> he went, techno this, tech, techno that. The first time I talked to him, he was like, like, it was like a religion, man. Techno was his religion. And, and uh, you know, m the music he made aside, if he didn't make any music at all, that man is responsible for techno. <laughs> Hell yeah. I get that. So, so bringing, so with that context, actually, it's funny because this is what uh, Mike mentioned earlier. When you first brought it overseas to Europe, you know, you were not the singer, but right. you, you would. Curtis McLean was the singer. Yeah. But when you brought it over to Europe, you, you were performing it, right? Yes. What was that all like? Because the reason why, you know, Derek May gets me onto that topic is like, in many ways, this was formed in, you know, Chicago and New York and stuff like that. But then it took this whole nother life when you started going to Europe. Europe really invigorated it with a different energy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, when we went, there was a, you know, a lot of the clubs we played had people with suits and ties and stuff, wow. you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, I personally came back like a few months later after acid tracks came out and everybody was wearing smiley t-shirts. So it, it was like a, a three or four month turnaround uh, right? between the time I came and between, you know, everything, I mean, chaos, like, <laughs> you know, everything went to, everything went Pete Tong, literally, you oh, know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was- What was it the was time like, between, you know, how long did that take? It's about three, four months. Uh, wow. Yeah, the press got a hold of acid. And you're acid talking like what? Like what year would you say this is? Acid House. This was, was 1987. Okay, I was thinking like 87, 88. Okay. Uh, our tour, it was uh, me, Curtis McLean, and Rudy Forbes. We were on the house, the group. Uh, there was Fingers Inc., which was. Uh, Robert Owens, Larry Hurd, and Ron Wilson. Oh man! Then there were, then there was Full House, which was Danny Sweet D. Wilson, and Kevin Irving. Uh, Richie cool. Patterson was supposed to come, but he was afraid of flying, so he didn't oh, come. <laughs> <laughs> Frankie Knuckles was supposed to come, but uh, uh, he couldn't come to terms with the price. Okay. <laughs> I think. You know, because he had his residencies uh, and stuff, maybe. So it was like, yeah, he made did, sense to stay. You know, 
it wasn't worth his while. And yeah. uh, he wound up getting top billing on the tour and he wasn't even on it. Well, <laughs> but Frankie like was, I think, you know, the guy, um, you know, Marshall, correct me anywhere, but Frankie, I see as, as the one the, sort of created the model of like both the DJ, like the artistic DJ, the scene purveyor and the artist in the studio. And he, there were, there were people who remixed before him. There were people who were resident DJs before him. There were people who built scenes before him, but I, I feel like he's the first one who really put it all together and everyone could rally around him with an A plus yeah. offering in all three of those categories. And he carried that through to his, you know, to, to, for his whole life. Yeah. And, and basically he always said the, said the right thing, never like a, a, a bad word about anyone. You know, he was perfect to talk to the best representative of house music mm -hmm. we've ever had, because mm -hmm. I'll get in interviews and I will definitely say the wrong thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> That's you know, funny. so I was looking at emails I, I with Frankie, Frankie the other day. He, he speaks beautifully. In, yeah, I, I, I miss Frankie in that regard because everybody's coming at me now. You know, I'm, uh, uh, <laughs> this, I'm, I'm the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> who el Who are the, I don't know, David Morales? Like, who else is like, who gets those calls to? <clears throat> David's a great speaker. David think, Morales, right? uh, Steve Silk Hurley. Yes. Uh, Jack. Oh shoot, Carl Cox. Oh, Carl Cox. Uh, yeah, Carl Cox is a personality. He's very dy dynamic. The nicest guy you'll ever want to meet, too. Yeah, nicest, kindest guy you'll ever want to meet. And I mean, helps everyone. Yeah. yeah. Um. Roger Sanchez, Louis Vega. Love those guys. I saw Louis uh, in Kenny Europe. Dope. Yeah. Yeah. Masters Terry of Work Hunter. we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Masters of Work. Armin Van Helden. There's this a lot of representatives. Yeah. Yeah. House music yeah. has a lot has, of great guys. Has a lot of a lot of support these days. I was talking to a friend just now actually, <clears throat> who um so I don't know how much you, you give a shit, but <laughs> uh Lady Gaga put out an album today. And well, I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing your immediate reaction. Like I don't. Even I need give to a continue. big shit about Lady Gaga. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I feel like I don't even need to continue no, really, my question. <laughs> no, I, I I give a big shit about Lady Gaga. I think she's a, a probably the most underrated singer in pop music. Okay. I mean, as far as pure singing ability, she has like a range, like yeah. out of this world, you know, not just, not just uh, tone wise, but, but style, stylistically, she can go from one, she could go between styles like that. So right. very, very under, underrated singer. Yeah. And she's been a huge, so, so I was in a conversation <clears throat> today with, with um and i'll have him on probably next week once i can really dive into the record but the guy who like produced most of the new record uh there's a there's like pop producers on it but a lot of djs and you know proper house music producers um and and you know our 
our conversation ran along the lines of like, it's not the house music that I like, actually. It's like more modern stuff that, uh, not that I only like classic house, but but like there's more left field that I'm interested in. And this is more mainstream, more like post EDM, I would say. And it's not my taste, but what we were kind of talking about was like how ele- how this elevates everyone when you get Lady Gaga yeah. and Ariana Grande putting out, you know, what is in some format a dance music record. It's not necessarily my favorite dance music, but it's dance music. <clears throat> it's there's four to the floor. And you know, she I credit as like being the one who crossed it over in the first place back in the day, 10, 15 years yeah. ago. Well the most most important thing is that they're great songs. Yes. You know, uh and and everything else will fall into place. So it may not necessarily be uh, a style that we're normally f- familiar with or used to listening to, but if it's, it's if it's a great song, it's all right. You know, mm-hmm. we'll make room for it. I'm interested in what you would think of the new album and and the the production. I'm and gonna the listen songs. to it. Is it out? It came out today. Yeah, like literally. Like I was, I was, I'm, I wasn't. I was listening to your shit all morning, so I didn't want to listen to it yet. But, um, well, that's easy. I can always listen to your records. They're great. But uh, I'm going to listen to hers on probably, like, Sunday. And then I'm going to do a deep dive. But, yeah, yeah she certainly nailed it in the past. I don't know about the recent stuff, but in the past, she's got some classics. For well, sure. she's, an art- she's an artist, man. She's all for the art. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it's a brilliant album. Even I'm though really, I didn't work on it, but. <laughs> well, I can I can, I can introduce, <laughs> but yeah, what I mean, what's cool about it to give you a little bit of context is, you know, she really started out with like dance music producers. That's who got her her you know her first few like hits. That's it. It was it was you know it was it got called EDM later, but like it was four to the floor house music, you know, and um, like poker face and shit like that. Like that's just like boom boom. You know, it's 120 BPM hits. Those are like walking, te- you know, 118, 120, walking tempo house music. But she'll find her art, whatever, whatever style she works Absolutely. on. Absolutely. But what's cool, you know, she's I mean, back with house music. She kind of left it for, a, you know, four albums or something. And this record is, from what I'm being told, it's a house music record. And wow, with her singing over, you know, real, like actual four to the floor house music. And, awesome. Uh, it's cool. And what might happen, this is like, this is the conversation I'm going to have with, with those producers and managers next week. Maybe other people are going to hear this and be like, yo, I want to do something like that. You know, I want that sound. Who should I hire for that? You know? And then it's like, hopefully so. Yeah. So I think we're uh, ready. It's cool. Yeah, exactly. I, I think Steve Hurley be a good choice because he, you know, He's he's a songwriter too, and he's more importantly he he's very efficient, okay. <laughs> very very quick. Yeah, like if if the deadline is Friday, he'll have it done on Tuesday. <laughs> That's why I always you know I always recommended him back in the day because I didn't like doing remixes, right? Okay. So every time Major would ask me to. Uh, do a remix I say oh you got to get Hurley you know for that so it's nice of you well a lot of other Chicago producers at that time were screw up screw ups they would get 
you know, they would get calls from majors and they would get our suddenly get artistic, you know, <laughs> what I mean right. is like, Oh, I'm not feeling it. Oh, yeah. you know, and, and, it, and, and eight months would go by and they still haven't done the remix. So, you know, this, now nah, remixes, you got to turn around, you know, you either, either have yeah. it or you don't. And like, yeah, for me, anytime I'm doing a remix, uh, I don't know if I'm going to, my, uh, I kind of, what I used to do as a producer was, was a little simpler. And now I took the last couple of years and kind of reframed my, my artist's life. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to make stuff in that way anymore, maybe similar to how you were you know thinking about it. But, um, I used to, now I'm like really abstract with my work, uh, you know, my music that's coming out and I'm making like things really for me. But no, when I was getting, you know, thousands of dollars from a major record label to produce a remix, I'm turning it around in an afternoon. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's a session yeah. and they hear it that day. Cause that's yeah. like, that's, I know how they're working, you know, and yeah. they want this for, for promo. This is not something to, you know, sit and mull over and you know right. brainstorm it's like i listen to it i either come up with an idea and i tell them yes i'm in and i turn it around within 48 hours or like or i i respectfully you know let it go because well that's how that's how hurley is that's you cool know, as long as i've known him i remember yeah. uh our show mix um back in 87 our first show mix hurley like edited he he mixed it and edited it in like about an hour and a half cool now we had mm -hmm. the we had the same management at the time and we split from the management right so we didn't have any uh we didn't have a show tape so i had to remix it again and uh you know we had all our dance moves to hurley's edit so me and two engineers tried to duplicate hurley's edit and it took us 14 and a half hours. <laughs> and I mean, when skill. Steve did it, he, he did it right in front of us Wow! while he was talking to us, you know? Yeah, that's, like, <laughs> that's like the Derek Carter example, where it's like this thing that yeah. would take me like to learn that record and learn where the one is and get it into the next one. Like Derek just does it while he's like fucking having a conversation crazy yeah that's that's how that's how steve is man he, he was that's he was really cool he was literally having a conversation he yeah. was snip 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 uh -huh. snip boom boom okay done bang you know amazing <laughs> yeah he, he he's a sharp one man who do you look at today like you know younger generation who do you like who do I like? Younger generation? Yeah. Uh, like who, who, you know, someone's got to take the torch. You know, someone's got to. There's a, there's this guy in the South of England named Finn Piper. I really like his vibe. Okay. What is he, what is he like artist released by? Oh, uh, well, I don't, you don't know labels nowadays in the di digital age. Right. Yeah, but he's out there. He's, he's got, uh, he's got releases. I think he did a whole. Does he go by Finn Piper? Album. He goes by Finn Piper. He, okay. uh, when I first met him, he was 14. I think he may be 17 now. No, 16. 16 now. Very good, wow. though. Oh, Going my God. In the wow, direction. so young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Pay attention. Pay attention to him. He's, like, all about the music, man. He's, cool. I'm going to look know, it up. Very creative. 
Any records? Like, what are your favorites over the last few years that have come out? Anything mainstream that like that you that you like? Anything mainstream? I don't know. Just like I'm interested in your taste. Like, what do you like lately over the last couple of years or now, whatever? Man, that's bad, man. (laughs) I know it's broad. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff I play. Yeah. Um. Oh man. Oh, it's hard, man. There's so many records coming out now. I know. It's crazy. Like, you know, today's a band camp day. Obviously. We're talking obvious, on Friday. Yeah, obviously, I'm playing something, you know, because I, 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 I de- I, I've been DJing almost every weekend for the last 15 years. And, I, you know, with the pressure on, like, this, geez. No, it's true. I'm, I'm being unfair <laughs> because I know how it feels to be asked these questions. And, you know, I have playlists and playlists and playlists and stuff. And if someone asks me, what did you listen to this week? I literally, I can't, I can't tell you. Like, I, I don't know. You know, I'm like overloaded. I cannot express it. I have to just like, I can send them a playlist. I could show them, but I can't say it off the top of my head. So I, I know, I know why it's such a hard question to answer. Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, in, in the same way with like, when it, you, you asked about like younger DJs and stuff, a few years ago, I would have said it was uh, uh, Eats Everything, but he blew oh, cool, up. Okay. Yeah. You he know, got big. yeah. He got big, right? Like, uh, yeah, I, I thought there was a a funny name. You know, I was playing at some club in London. What was mm-hmm. it? The Lighthouse. It, it had a real a whole wall of lighting and stuff, cool. right? And, and uh, uh, somebody asked me if I was eats everything. I said, "What? You call it? <laughs> you, you calling me fat, man? <laughs> oh, he eats everything. He's the DJ." I said, That's "Oh, so funny." You know, I said, I said well, and eats nah, everything. Yeah. He played, he played after me and rocked it. Oh, oh, it rocked. was okay. I thought it was just random. I was like, why is someone asking you that? Oh, yeah, cool. I remember uh, yeah. seeing him. Just what comes to mind? I saw him drop. Um, uh, wait, what did it? It was you know Ben West Beach. Uh, what what did he release it under? Fuck. Like, like, I want your body, everybody. Was it the, body, D- so the D-Tron? Not that oh, remix, oh, oh, oh. but they remixed it. But wh- whatever the Butch, man, what did he go? What did he release it under? Fuck. Was it Butch? No. I don't know. Ben, ben West, West Beach. Beach. Ben West Beach, whatever his alias was. It was a smash hit. This was a smash. This I was like love Ben West biggest. Beach, man. Yeah, so whatever his big his alias is that he put, you know, I want your body, everybody <laughs> wants your body, so let's jack. That that song, I heard it first from Eats Everything in Miami. Um, but fuck, what I, I I don't know. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But everyone knows what that fucking record is. But I remember <laughs> Eats Everything dropping that record, and yeah. then uh, about it afterwards. Uh, yeah, beats man. beats everything. Rocks it, man. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. But now I, now looking at Finn Piper, man. I want to see. Okay. I want to see what he comes up with next. You gotta send it to send it to Ultra. Get him, get him his deal. If he's sixteen. Oh, yeah, they love yeah. that shit, you know. Oh yeah. yeah or put definitely. it out with tracks. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> tracks has been doing a lot of Bandcamp stuff. A lot of the uh, like compilations of of all the classics. I've been seeing those come out. I don't know if it's active with like new signings, but you know. <clears throat> No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. But, Keeping uh, it going. 
Yeah. I mean, the classics still work. I play, I remember I did a lot of set when Frankie died, I did a ton of sets that were like just classics and, uh, they work so well now doesn't, you know, it doesn't make a difference. Wait, did I freeze? I think it froze. Okay, we're back in. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I was uh, saying we were I'm working on the new Ten City album now. Hopefully, we have cool. some gems. That's awesome. Yeah, I think we do, but you know, what's we'll the see. makeup of Ten City now? Like, who, who's who's the collective? Oh. Just the way it started out, just me and Byron. Amazing. Yeah. So, uh, man, we got a lot more experience now. That's so um, exciting. Wow. Much, much better songwriting than back then. It's, uh, <laughs> back then it was, you know, it's, it's much better songwriting now. How did it come together originally? Originally? Yeah. Uh, I know bits and pieces, but I don't know black if I've ever gotten the whole thing. Big black dude came up to me and said, he, <laughs> "Big black dude came up to me and said he sang." <laughs> I had a shortage of singers, so we worked together. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Uh, yeah, but he was a uh, yeah. I I'd heard a song he done he did on tracks actually called "Funny Love." Uh, and he sang that and wrote the words to it. It was some heavy words, man. So I said, oh, wow. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, so finally I met him and, uh, you know, we started working together. I mean, uh, you Classic know, records. no schedules or anything like that. We just started hanging out and working together. And boom. Love it. That should be a nervous and, uh, release. Byron, Byron actually uh, got me in with the major labels. Uh, ah, cool. I took him, yeah, I took him one weekend to New York with being on the house, mm -hmm. and he suggested that we, you know, me and him stay over another week and meet with some major labels. And uh, and we had meetings all that week with like eight different majors, and uh, you know. Got okay, wait, this is, designed. so that's a, I wanted you to talk about that because today there are not eight <clears throat> majors. Like that doesn't exist anymore. There's the only one, isn't it? Pretty much like, there's like, you know, one. well, there's universal Warner and Sony technically, but it's Warner. like universal has oh, okay. like a huge market share, but there's three. It's just like, it's, it's more like one and then like another two. But like, it's not, you don't shop around well, the way that you're talking then, about. Yeah. Tell me about what it, that was like. Yeah. Well, back then you had Capitol Records, you had Epic, you had Atlantic Records, you had Island Records, you had, uh, I mean, you know, MCA, mm. you had loads of them. And, and what and was like, it like, uh, like, like taking Kim these meetings, got, you know? Uh, it was rapid fire, man. Byron set them all up and stuff. Uh, uh, Byron signed with Atlantic. Uh, we got Kim Mazel signed with EMI. We got uh, 
uh, C.C. Rogers signed with Atlantic. Uh, you know, uh, MCA wanted Paris Brightlish, but uh, Paris had uh, signed with DJ International. Okay. But uh, yeah, it's it low. Is er, literally every project that I've been working on got signed. <clears throat> so that was a that was a good a good deal. And I never wouldn't, I never would have gotten any of those deals if Byron hadn't, you know, scheduled Byron was those like meetings. The, the entrepreneur one. Yeah. Yeah. It was a different time. Yeah, you know, well, there were options. There he, were like meetings to take. Now there, Byron, there, now there's Indies, but that's it. You know? Well, Byron's the adult. I'm the child. You know? <laughs> okay. It's like, that's funny. Yeah, well, you know, even now, right? We're working on the Ten City album, and I, you know, at the beginning of the album, I was like negotiating prices for the musicians and the singers, and it was like about fifteen to twenty times higher than what Byron negotiated, right? So he said, <laughs> "No more for you," <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. Just stay out of the business, and you know, let me handle this. So. You know, like I said, he's the adult, I'm the child. That's great to have that relationship though and understand, you know, your strengths in those positions. That's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that about Byron. I don't I don't know him obviously as well as you. I just know him through, you know, hanging out over the years with Michael and stuff like that. Yeah, he's always he's always had a much well, everybody I work with had a much better business sense than me. You know, CC Rogers is, is the same way. Okay. You know. And, and you know, just I'm 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 happy they they were able to like take care of themselves because I didn't I never wanted to assign people to a production company. I always prefer to let people like handle their own business. You know what I mean? If somebody's singing a song, I said, okay, you're you're the artist, and you know, you do you do the deal with major, and you know, you take it from here, and. Uh, that's always worked out because like I said, they're much better with business than I am. <laughs> I dig it. Yeah. Tell me about a track that I, that you, that you sent me a few years ago. I don't think it's ever come out, but Mr. Groove. I love that track. <clears throat> oh, <laughs> I know it's been, I know it's like a little, you know, it's, it's been around, but like, What's the deal? I love it. And it's unlike yeah. anything you've ever made, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I uh I don't know. Uh I would like to I would like to do it and put it out. Uh but I don't I don't know. I don't really know how to. You know, it's it's uh I probably have to redo it to be honest, you know, and uh, that would just be very difficult. You know, Vicky, <laughs> Vicky, who sang it, right? She was just a, just a, an unbelievably beautiful girl back in the day, right? Now she's still, she's still beautiful, but she's, you know, she's very religious now. You know, she's mm -hmm. like, she's like singing in church and all that stuff now. And I, oh, so it's not the kind of, yeah. I don't know if she wants to be associated with that song anymore. You know, you never know. That, yeah. Yeah. It's a cool song. It's it's sort of love to love you kind of vibes. You know, it's seventeen something yeah. minutes, I think, and it's it's slow. It's yeah. it's very cool. Yeah. 
I love slow house music, you know. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's a it's, it's pretty cool song. Maybe I'll do it again. I forgot all about that, but I, uh. do it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, if you need another vocalist, I'll I'll talk to some people. I'm happy to. I think I do. Yeah, I get it. What about? I mean, on the intensity but, stuff. I think. It w w have you thought about like? Is it is it all house music, or have you thought of going of slowing it down, of giving Byron like you know I don't know, R and B kind of vibes? Well, well, I thought about slowing it down. I I I actually had a mid tempo song yeah. uh, there, but you know, uh, people. I don't. It was received okay, but not as as not not the way I hoped. I'll send you, I'll send you the song, right? Okay. But uh, happy to give feedback. You know, it's um, <laughs> uh, you know, I think I think they want dance music, you know, house music. Do both. Make a record, you know. Uh, yeah yeah i mean i mean that's something here the BPM okay so thing, the bpm thing to me is se severely limiting right to be honest i think that's ridiculous so i i, I mean we're well, in you it's know not ridiculous i mean if somebody if somebody's paying you to do something uh yeah but make you know, that make your 120 give them what they want yeah but but you can do both like make give them their club hit you know Give them, give the record for the DJs for the record pools and all that shit. Like that's cool. You can do that. But also, so, I mean, I've talked a lot about this, that, you know, we're in a pandemic right now and people are not playing in clubs at the moment. They may be live stream at best, but like there's an, yeah. a lot of noise, you know? Well, that so, was like, my point of, this is the moment yeah, to mix it up. Right. Yeah, it is really. could tell him i said so it is <laughs> i mean it really is that's that's my point of view yeah but uh i want to hear uh, like yeah. like honestly if you send me i'll be straight up i'll be like real about it if i if i get a 10 city you know five track 10 track whatever and it's all 120 bpm you know 125 118 whatever I, i'm excited to hear that but like i will you know i'll listen to half of the song and like that's you know and i'm good like i know what that is but if i hear oh you two yeah. going and like really expanding the breadth of the sound and the collaboration and the ideas and i hear some slow stuff i hear some ambient stuff i hear like some real songs you know like that are not just for the dance floor like i'm i'm really excited oh by man that. i i, I I gotta stop listening to you there, Sean. You know, I get, you, you're getting me fired up, man. <laughs> Yo, but I want to hear that. That's why you know I'm like being connected to you is a joy for me because like I want to give my two cents in that way. That like I love you as a as a musician in such a broad sense, and like I'm excited. I know what you can do with you know a four to the floor, 120 BPM house music song, like, obviously. And I'll, you could send me a hundred more of those and I'll be psyched, but I would love to hear what you do with other sounds. I'm interested in it. 
Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's why, that's why I brought up Mr. Groot, you know, because, <laughs> like, I think that's really cool, and I would love the world to hear that. I, I, I think Mr. Groove is due for a remake. I just no, have to find right. the singer. Okay. Let's figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> I, got lots, I got lots on my show. You can get one. Okay. Get one on the show. Yeah. Could find some Hell, maybe even Lady Gaga, you know? You yeah, never she know. Needs, she's, she's done with this <laughs> album. Like, she needs new songs now. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. I'll br I'll bring it up on that episode <laughs> when I'm talking <laughs> to her producers. Yeah, but but for real, like Byron, you know that voice. I I don't give a shit what you know, whatever record label, whatever production company is backing that. I think it's a huge, it's a it's a missed opportunity, and it's just it's it's small minded to make you guys just to to ask you to do. To, to limit not, it at all, you know. They're not. They're not asking. They're not asking us to do it. It's just, you know. Yeah, I got it. I know how it works. Like, you know, yeah. may may just be my imagination. I, I would. I would be really psyched by a record where, like, you got you, you deliver a few of those house music joints that like are going to be fucking great, but also they're surrounded by some other stuff where we get different textures. That's really exciting to me. That's a record that That's, I want to uh, put my headphones on and too. sit with for a while. Interesting. I say this to that everything, you know, a lot of artists like that's, this is like why I don't, why I stopped doing A&R kind of because <laughs> Like I tell my artists to do these other things and they're like, their managers, you know, everyone's just like, it's sort of, so I talked to, I don't know if you know this, do you know the artist named Scuba? Well, everybody's... Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, everybody's thinking singles, singles, singles exactly. all the time. Man. I'm thinking you career, know? career, career. Right. You know, it, it, it's, there's some songs that aren't singles, but right, really fatten out, fatten up an album. You know what I mean? Not in a filler way, but in a beautiful way, yeah, in a way that expands. Yeah, way. Yeah. It enhances the album. That's what I'm saying. You know, make an album that's an album, not just a collection of hits, you know? Right. Like 10 songs, like, yo, get your two or three house music club hits on there. We need it. You know, we want that. But then a little bit yeah. of, you know, other things. And, and all of a sudden it strengthens the two or three, you know, club hits. It makes them, it enriches them. It makes you look at them in a different way. It makes you recognize, oh, the piano riff on there that I see him using the same technique, but at 40 BPM, you know, oh, wow, I see how he sped it up <laughs> for this one. And now I understand the full range of it wow that's so much cooler and now i hear it in the club and i'm dancing to it but i'm thinking about my connection to this this 40 bpm track multiple feelings at once <laughs> oh man sean stop it <laughs> <laughs> i'm just i'm pushing because i want this right i want to hear it <laughs> i want to hear the 40 bpm version oh man oh man uh. 
we'll see. We'll see. I'm going to, I was talking to Michael today. I want to have Byron on. So that, that, that could be the part two. Be like, yo, I was, I was, uh, I was really moving with Marshall. We were really productive. And then all of a sudden he just like started doing some bullshit. Like, <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no, hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully I can, I can lend some, some inspiration if anything. But uh, I'm really excited yeah, to hear I think you, that new stuff. Yeah, I think you should have the, have this conversation with Byron also, definitely, you know, about albums. Yeah. Uh, the album concept. Yeah. I would love to, I love to hear, you know, the full spectrum of the ideas. Like, that's what, that's, that's why there's a body of work, as I see it. You know, it's not just a collection of singles, like you said, it's not just like how many hits can you put on a side? No, like, well, we had a on the first album, we had a mid tempo and two slow records, mm -hmm. so you know, it worked out, yeah, exactly. That's why I think the projects, you know, become you know, legendary, you know, like you have a few things that are like there's just singles that are like so <clears throat> foundational, and then you have some projects that. Be, like, like Tensity is just like mentioned. It's not exactly like, like in the same vein of like House Music Anthem or Acid Tracks or something where it's just like, you know, that's, that's just the moment, singular. But Tensity is something that like, you don't necessarily point to one song as like the, the only, it's more just a project that has a sound and an energy to it that represents a certain moment in, you know, in house music history and, 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 and dance music and regular, you know, and, 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 and not, not regular, but like non house music. <laughs> and that's, what's cool about it. So I, I just think it's like expand on that alchemy, expand on that, whatever the, whatever that combination is, see it through the whole thing. That's what's so, that's, what's exciting about it. It is. I'm getting fired up now. I dig it. Are you, are you <laughs> like, you're solid in quarantine and stuff? Like you're getting tons of work done? Yeah, tons of work. Yeah, it's, awesome. it's like um, the, tech, the technical part is an afterthought now because the technology is so good, you know. What do you it's use? It's much better than back in the day. I'm just using logic. I'm using my computer. Okay. <clears throat> but I, I, I got a lot of old analog keyboards. I'm sure you have such a you know, cool collection. <laughs> it's all it's all right. It works for me, uh, but uh, it's, they're the same keyboards I had back in the day. Incredible. Yeah, but uh, you know, it's it's I'm so much better now, man. At it, you know. I mean, I mean, I I can do things like fifty times faster. Before, uh, I mean even just technology-wise, but uh, the Yamaha QX1 is what I used to use back in the day. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, if you were willing to talk a little bit about, like, don't give any, like, secrets, you know, but, like, if you were willing to talk a little bit about that, about what you use and, and how it's evolved over time. Well, back in the day, I would use this thing called a Yamaha QX1. We, well, we all would use it. Use floppy disks, and it was very slow. Just copying one baseline for, like, uh, seven minutes would take 30 minutes of processing. 
Wow. While now, if I get on my computer, if I copy that same bass line, it will take less than two seconds. Yeah, it's, it's instant. <laughs> yeah, well, instant. You it's know, a, it's a, it's a refresh. Seconds. Yeah, boom, just like that. So that's one one difference. You know, I don't have to wait a half hour for for stuff to copy anymore, for for the notes to copy anymore, and and it just goes, you know, from there. Everything, you know, I like all the plugins, the reverbs are cleaner, and, and you know, now I can make a I can make a song with an audio interface in my computer that sounds better than a twenty four track recording back in the day, which I mean. It's, it's, it's nuts, man. It's exciting. And it's, and it's completely portable. So, oof. How are you seeing things, artist community, today with all this going on? Artist community, um, there are too many songs coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally, like tens of thousands of songs a week are, are coming out. Yeah, we're talking on a Friday, and I mean, it's impossible to know even everything. Yeah, and we got a lot of brave DJs out there because uh, it's much harder to make it now. If I had to start out now, I don't think I could make it because I, I you know, I don't wouldn't have any. I, I wouldn't have a clue on what to do. I mean, back then. I knew exactly how I was going to get records pressed up and, and how I was going to get records out there. And I knew uh, that once people heard my music, they'd, they'd buy it, right? Now, I can't have that attitude because so many records coming out. Right. DJs are refusing to play the same record twice for some reason. So there are no more hits. And, uh, you know, point. it just... I, I wouldn't know how to solve it, man. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. It's uh, it's treacherous out there now. Then you got oof, so many jealous DJs out there, man. So many haters. Yeah. I mean, not hating on me, but last, you, I know what you, you mean. Know, yeah. They, well, it's just a situation where it's much easier to do things, but if everyone is doing it it defeats the purpose yeah. of making it easy. So it's like, yeah. cool, I made a track today, but like, if I can't do anything with it, like that's not even, you know, worth anything. So before, yeah. even if maybe it would take you a week to make a track where today it makes you an hour, it takes you an hour. Like in a week, at least you made something that was worth something. Now, right. you know, sure, it only took you an hour, but it's worth zero, you know? And yeah. that's a challenge. That's a different challenge. So you know, I guess uh, it it's either you have to sit in a situation where you're making things directly for the marketplace, like for a platform yeah. or for, you know, someone who's who's paying you for it, or you make really, really special work that you think is going to stand out. And that's, well, that's it. That's the thing though, right? And you don't necessarily if know if makes, it will. <laughs> if somebody makes the, the best song of the decade, yeah, and it's coming out with 100,000 other songs that we... How are you going to hear it? Right. You know what I mean? It's, it right. gets lost in this gigantic pool of, of music. That's the challenge. That's the challenge. I mean, and, and it's a lot of great songs being lost every week. I mean, what do you do? Somebody comes out with something completely innovative and, 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 and a great song to boot, something for the ages. 
mm-hmm. and we're all missing it. That's horrible. Yeah, you go back and forth sometimes. People, you know, it's very easy to say, you know, what the cream will rise to the top. The really, really, truly beautiful music will get heard. Uh, I don't always know. No, I don't know. If you don't know, if you don't know the producer, nobody's even gonna click on it to, mm-hmm. to audition. Yeah, it's true. If you, if if I get you know I get so many promos lately. So so DJ promo pools are not even like um, for people who who are not DJs. Like the promo pools got way cooler and easier. You know, maybe ten fifteen years ago with just digital, uh, where we'd yeah. get MP3s. But now everyone is using them, and there's not that many. So now instead of getting like really dedicated blasts, you still get dedicated blasts, but you get so many. And most of them are not dedicated blasts emails. So you get these like wrap ups. And in my wrap up email from whatever, like one of the, you know, a DJ plugger, like there'll be like 75 records in it. And 90% of them I don't care about. They're not for me. So I usually just don't even open it. I know I have. Yeah, I'm saying I don't even I don't listen at all is is where I got there was a time where I was playing every night. I don't play every night anymore. So I don't have the I don't need all these records anymore. But I used to, you know, it would it would take me, you know, rinsing through a lot of records to get to maybe one that I thought was special. But you know, there's no one who sends me I've told them for years, you know, I'm one of the billboard guys and like the chart reporters and stuff and 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 I get all the rest of the I get tons of promos and I've told them for years like I do not listen to these like you know I, I'm not I'm not going through your whole blast with like man you could easily it. you could easily get a thousand a, a yeah. thousand in your inbox daily yeah it's crazy you so, know like, I mean who can possibly without even that? trying people people just asking for your email all day on Facebook right. or Twitter hey, let, let me get your email oh man leave me alone you know <laughs> And, and it's, and it's dead. Do? It's just like, it becomes then, nothing. So I don't really yeah. know, you know, I went from like having no access and having to, you know, find things like everyone starts out doing to yeah. having some access where I got like a manageable amount. And then once you get to the point where everyone, where, you know, you're known and, and everyone sends you stuff, it's like, okay, now it's like you started from scratch. Cause now it's not, now you have nothing. Like, sure. I could right. download anything for free, but like, who gives a shit when I have no idea what to download? What do I end up yep. doing? I end up staying in these other places. Like I end up talking to the people directly. Like if a <clears> DJ <throat> sends me a record, I listen to it. Like if it's or one of the people that I care about. The DJ before you play something banging, uh huh, and you yeah. ask them what it is, right? <laughs> and then you get it you on know? Monday, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's that's the original, you know. That's like yeah. if the DJ was share. Sometimes they'd white label it and not tell you. Sometimes they'd tell you, and that's the that's it, you know. But now it's like. Before it was it was hard to find things because you just literally like yeah like maybe there were you know five vinyls of this single sent to your city and if you weren't one of the five DJs that got that vinyl you needed to find those five DJs if you wanted to borrow it to play it out that was like a, that was a thing now we can all get that easily but yeah it's like yo I have I I have the I have the perfect song for me it's in my inbox but I'll never find it yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a shame, man. It's just too much. Yeah. I say, like, marketing What are we going to do? We're just going to make shit. Yeah. That's my, we're going to make shit and we're going to stick together. And it's, you follow the people is, is, is all, you know, the, the maker and the consumer are the only people who matter. Some, you know, the people making stuff, 
and people and the listeners. That's it. Everything else is in between. And you just, you know, you figure out what you need to get from making a song to having the song listened to. And I think a lot of that is, um, is horizontal. You know, it's working with different people like, cool. Marshall's going to expand his musical palette because of Byron, you know, and that's, that's alchemy that I'm excited by and listeners will be excited by. And then, you know, we see the industry again, rather than an institution that we must build things for, we see it as a set of tools that we look at as a la carte a little bit of like, what do you need to go from song to listener, you know, to production to listener. And you're going to need a few things. So maybe it's Alex Harrow. Maybe it's, you know, whatever, like, whatever that is. And we figure that out again from scratch, I think. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's ridiculous now. I, I mean, I, I know some, some labels would like uh, uh, a mailing list of half a million DJs. And I said, well, how many, what how many kind of numbers are you get? doing every week? And they, <laughs> they say less than 50. Uh-huh. Not 50,000, less 50. Yeah. <laughs> so their open rate is like, is, yeah. is, you know, not even worth giving a percentage to. It's just very few yeah. people. There's yeah. blogs that used to, you know, I used to rely on a blog to break a record. And now, you know, if you look at the play count, that come, if you go in your back end and look at like, they embedded the YouTube or the SoundCloud or something. With the, the blogs that, and I talked about this on an earlier episode, like my friend, Desperately, yeah, like Fader Magazine is on, is on an episode from earlier with Shauna. And, you know, all love to Fader, but like if you premiere your song on Fader and it's not like part of a, a larger campaign, like you're going to get like 25 listens from that. From that, I don't know, like 50 max. Like you're not going to, it's not like there's hundreds or thousands of people. It used to be like I would be able to clock like an extra 50,000 plays and I would stagger these blog posts and I'd be getting like, I'd be able to group them and, and time them and say, I want every hour, will you, will you time your post so that I can have this consistent uh, growing you know, play count? And then, then it, that's how it gets out there. But now it's like, you know, no one, that's just not the way people consume things. And oh. yeah. But but that's okay, you know. That's just the way things change, and we just need to make good stuff, and that's it. And we just can't. We just have, like it's almost liberating. I see it. Like it's not great, well, but it's liberating because you don't need yeah. to deal with all that shit anymore because it's not going to help you anyway. So yeah, get the money that you need to make the stuff you want to make, and then make the best stuff that you can make, and make more. And that's it. That's all you can do. And like your marketing can't. Like don't waste time with like talking to your publicist, making sure that your premiere is right, or like your radio plugger, like they're, they're going to do what they're going to do or nothing, you know, and whatever. And just keep making good shit. That's how I see it. That's the only yeah. option. But you do. So yeah, we're here. <laughs> yeah. And you've been here for a lot longer than me. So I got a lot to learn from you. I got a lot. I got a lot to learn from everybody, man. Yep. I, you know, just, I'm, I'm just trying to make great music, man. You know, yeah. Marshall, it's, it's an honor. It's a privilege. It's a pleasure always to chat. Thank I you, Scott. 
love your perspective. I always have from afar and from knowing you over these years. I don't know if we've ever like FaceTime. So this is cool. This is good to like see your expressions, you know, <laughs> but we've had a bunch of phone chats and a lot of email exchanges. And, um, I, and I should, I really shouldn't have talked to you during the recording of this 10 city album, Sean. Now you, I'm thinking radical thoughts now. <laughs> Yo, or you should have, or this was the perfect time. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see how the music yeah. comes out. <laughs> But yeah, follow we're, half, up episode. we're halfway through and now I'm, I'm, that's so exciting yeah. i'm so excited by that i didn't know that beforehand alex texted me while we were um like just now he texted me to say also by the way that your move your body salardo remix was uh a-listed on radio one for eight weeks that's pretty crazy wow that's awesome uh-huh. wow yeah 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 know. yeah but uh, but and then he said to talk about the Ten City album, so I'm glad I'm glad we talked about because I didn't know that you know before we got <laughs> on. So this is news to me uh, and <clears throat> the world, I guess. <laughs> um, really, really exciting. Um, yeah, Alex is a great guy, and I know I know his brother and uh, yeah, great, greatest yeah. guy. Yeah, good people. Um, but hey, I, like I don't know what you're gonna do with that energy, but that like. I want you to go all over the place with it. I want, you know, if, it, if it's, if he is a fan, I'm calling like, please, please, please just like go wild. The two of you just like make stuff you've never thought of before. Like make the stuff that was your fantasy. Like you can invent anything. Like what's in your head of like a dream sound for tensity for, for you, for anything that doesn't exist yet. Like I want to hear that. That's, that's where, Oh uh, man, you gotta have the you gotta you, you gotta have the label take me out, man. They're gonna <laughs> if I get oh. too weird. But but you know, I think we have the the, the hits for the album already, so I, I'm uh, I may get experimental. Please, please, I can't wait to hear it, and then I'll and then I'll get Byron on to tell me the results. <laughs> that'll that'll be All part right. two. <laughs> Well, hey, Marshall, thank you so much for your time. This is amazing. And thank you for your openness and thank you for your contributions to the to the artist community, the dance music community, the house music community, all of it. And thank yeah, you, Shaw. I can't wait to hear this new album. I can't wait to hear it either. Uh, some interesting stuff on it. Beautiful. Well, let's keep in touch about it. If you need some ears, I will, I will listen anytime. I love it. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much. You stay safe, healthy, all that stuff. And uh, looking forward to chatting more. All right. You too. Take it easy, Sean. You too. Peace, man. Thank you. Peace.